This season on the Set Yourself Free podcast, I am so honored and thankful to have six experts on nervous system regulation, what in the world it is, why it matters, and how to learn to work with your brain and your body so that you can feel really safe to earn more, to keep more, and to expand. As someone who went from zero to 10K months in the online space in less than a year, I knew nothing about this, quite frankly. I'm trained as a therapist. I have my master's in counseling. And yet after my first 10K month, I had a massive contraction and I had so much shame around it. I didn't know how to regulate. And so I am super proud of this season and honored that each of these guests are sharing their wisdom, their vulnerability, and their experiences with us. You're going to walk away knowing exactly how to implement in your own business and use these tools so you can create your own version of freedom. My name is Dr. Lee Cordell. I am a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner and a certified clinical trauma professional and uh, am the CEO of the Institute for Trauma and Psychological Safety. So in the work that I do, I help humans really shame, really understand how their past painful learning is affecting them in their present situation and create a life that like feels really, really good to live um, from a relationship standpoint, both the relationship with themselves and the relationship with other humans. And so I would be curious how you work with people in terms of like really getting them grounded in their bodies. Um, Because I think most of us are just walking around very disconnected from our bodies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dissociation between our brains and our bodies is a huge thing. Meaning like, like you just said, that disconnection, that feeling of, I I like to explain dissociation to people. It's not always a bad thing, right? Sometimes our subconscious brain, the brain that's not the active thinking part is like just doing its own thing. Right. I like to think of the example of driving. Have you ever been driving? And then all of a sudden you're like 10 miles beyond where you were the last time you realized you were driving and you're like, oh, right. So dissociation is not always a bad thing when our brain checks out from our body. When it becomes problematic, when our body doesn't feel safe to be in, right? Mm -hmm. When we're in that driving moment, our body does feel safe to be in and our mind's just wandering because it's like, hey, we trust we can drive the car. We trust if something comes up, we'll be able to slam on the brakes. We're going to like go think about some other things. Dissociation when it's due to trauma or past painful learning is because that body, you're, it doesn't feel safe for you to be in your body. Something mm-hmm. happened that caused you to learn that feeling whatever feeling your body is experiencing in this moment isn't safe. And so we're going to check out and go somewhere else mentally so that we can ignore the feeling that we're having. And it's so fascinating to me when I work with really, really smart individuals who I work with a lot of healthcare providers, right? They understand Mm -hmm. the body really well. Sure. And we'll talk about the difference between feeling and emotion. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, those aren't, those aren't different. Those are the same thing. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) the feelings are like what you're actually experiencing in your body, like your chest, like your chest Mm -hmm. feeling like it's constricting your heartbeat starting to race, your palms getting sweaty. Those are feelings, the Mm -hmm. nervousness, the excitement, the anxiety, the whatever you place on top of that, that meaning you give it, that's the emotion. Mm -hmm. 
So that's one of the first ways that I start really working with people is helping them even just to know the difference between an emotion and a feeling. So they'll say, I'm feeling frustrated. And I'll say, great, like, let's find that in your body. How do you Mm. know that's frustration? And so we'll start to do that, what we call top-down process, where we have them think about what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And then one of the cool things that starts to happen is as we work together for a little while, they start to notice feelings in their body and go, oh, wait a second. I think I'm frustrated right now because they've taught, they understand that when they feel that feeling in their body, that's what it means. And so that is how that's like their first step to becoming more regulated is the awareness of when I have certain feelings in my body, I know that this is what it means. And so I can, and when I'm labeling a feeling or as an emotion, I can actually check in and make sure that that's the right emotion. Cause sometimes it's not. Yeah. So can you think of any examples of people that like have this huge aha moment when they first start to practice this of like, Oh my gosh, I've been operating this way for 30, 40 years. And like, what, what I think is fascinating is I'll have people tell me that they can't feel things. Right. And, and this is something that I think is important to let people know is, is when you start to drop into your body, especially if you were raised in a way that it wasn't safe for you to feel your feelings, like there was emotional, physical, some sort of abuse or neglect or something that happened when you express your feelings, you may actually be more numbed out. There might be an absence of feeling. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most fascinating things for my clients is when they say, I feel nothing. And I'm like, okay, do you feel nothing or do you feel the absence of something? And they're like, actually, you're right. Like, I can't feel my legs right now. I'm like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. So like, let's wake up your legs. Like, let's bring your legs back online. And so often when they do that, it's this huge Mm -hmm. aha moment. Like there's usually tears. There's something like, oh, wow, I have, I have been disconnecting from that part of my body for so long because of X or because of Y. And so just even creating the safety for them to like start to feel different pieces and parts again, or one of my favorite is women in rage, right? Mm. Women do not want to feel rage. It, it is one of those emotions that is so culturally like conditioned out of us. Mm-hmm. that when we experience rage, a lot of times we're like, nope, got to shut that down. And so when I have a woman stand up and just scream into a pillow or like start throwing a temper tantrum on the floor that she never got to throw when she was three or four years old, right? When they experience that and they come out, they're like, holy shit. I'm like, I know, guy, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, an, it's this like huge awakening moment. And the funny thing I, I, I mean, funny, interesting, not funny, haha. But the, the funny thing is, is like, they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that was there or I didn't know that wasn't there. And so it is this huge reality shift moment because they go, okay, well, if I didn't know that was there, what else don't I know is here? Mm-hmm. And then that's when the real fun begins because they're like, they're hooked. They're like, okay, this sucks to find these things, but also like, I, as I start to wake up back up, this starts to feel better. I start to feel more powerful. I start to feel like I have more agency and I start to feel like my body is more my own again. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that speaks to so much of like how I would interpret a little bit of that is the, then the empowerment piece of going, okay, they've, they have awakened to what's possible. And Mm -hmm. then there's so much more willing to go, oh my gosh, like I am actually a co-creator in my, in my reality. And I have a say, whereas right. If there's been layers and layers of trauma, like you think you're a victim to your circumstance and you've been told all these things. And like, depending on the, the amount of trauma, like there's just a lot to unpack and unlearn there. But when you have this moment of like, oh shit, like other people feel this empowerment and this is where the, the fun begins. Like you said. Yeah. It's, it's really wild. You know, as somebody who like went through their own awakening, we'll call it of, wow, you know, there are all these feelings that I, I blocked off and shoved down and pretended weren't there. And I, I think what is so fascinating is that trauma is bred from helplessness or a feeling of helplessness, right? Mm-hmm. So much of what I did and didn't do before I went through this process myself was based out of a place like you just described of victimhood, of of helplessness, of, well, I don't have any agency here. I can't choose this. This is just how it is, right? And that's coming out of the mouth of somebody who used to walk into a room and be in charge of 12 people as we're literally saving somebody's life, right? I used to run codes at the, at the hospital when I worked as a nurse practitioner. And so to have so much power and agency over there, and then to come back into my own body and be like, oh, but like, I can't change that. Right. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't see the dichotomy like the duality of that until I went through this. And I was like, wow, I'm really claiming my power in some other places, but due to trauma, due to these past painful experiences, there's other spaces where I'm like, nope, I can't bring any of that power over here. And so pulling that wall down Mm. and being able to take the evidence from one space over to the other was really helpful. And I see that a lot from my clients too, is like, if, if they're like, oh, well, I I can't scream into a pillow and I'm like, oh, you can't scream into a pillow, but you can like sign $5 million contracts. Like, tell me more. Right. (laughs) And then they're like, they're like, oh, maybe I can. Right. And, and so that, that I think has been one of the most fascinating pieces. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question if you're comfortable sharing and that is like, what, was there a moment? Was there a series of moments? Like when did you realize like kind of what you described with almost the like disconnect where you had all this power over here and not over here that you were like, something's got to shift. Yeah. There's been lots of like I guess I would say there's been lots of little walls that have come down over time, but one of the biggest ones, so I went through Mastery University with Tony Robbins. It's like three different conferences. There's Wealth Mastery, Life Mastery, and Date with Destiny. And I was was at Date with Destiny and it's this really intense, (laughs) I don't know if anyone's ever listened to Tony Robbins. He doesn't do anything half, like it's intense, (laughs) right? I'm like, I'm the, uh, the pleasure version of that, hopefully, but it was super intense. And I remember we were in a day and I don't, I don't remember exactly what the prompt was, but I remember just like standing up and just like starting to like, everybody was like getting loud and like using the music. And I just like started screaming, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the top of my lungs, like with all of these other people. 
just screaming, like using my voice. And it turned into this like guttural cry, right? In a room Mm -hmm. of 10,000 people. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so much force here. Like there's so much power here. And I think that I've actually been afraid of that. Like I've been afraid Mm -hmm. of using this in certain places because I've been told my whole life that it wasn't acceptable to use it in these places. And I remember calling my husband because he wasn't there with me and he's at home watching our three little kids. And I'm like off, you know, having this massive revelation. I called him and I'm like, (laughs) dude, like you will never believe what just happened. And I'm like talking to him and he's like, you sound like a a different person right now. Mm. Like Mm. you just sound different. And I was like, I am. Mm. And so I think those experiences where, you know, you can get into community. We were just talking about this right before the call, right? Like community, get into community and have that collective experience. Also seeing other people normalize the thing, seeing other people go first, seeing other people do it too. Um, I think that that's been a critical part of the walls coming down for me. Mm, That's so beautiful. And so true. I mean, that's why, I, I mean, I know that you live this life too, but it's just like the power of the internet, the power of possibilities of what is available to us and being like, okay, if she can do it, so can I. And having those people mm-hmm. in your corner is such a game changer. And honestly, like really also can do so much for our nervous system in terms of regulating, right? Like yeah. I just... I'm fascinated by this more and more recently of like, oh, like, especially after the last two years of how much we need this with how Mm -hmm. isolated people are. And I would love if you could tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you. It's been awesome being on here. You are a fabulous interviewer. I just want to say that. Oh, Uh, thank you. (laughs) Seriously. It's amazing. So we are at instituteforTrauma.com. That is where you can find our free Facebook group learn about our certifications and our teacher trainings and get hooked up with our free resources at the Institute for Trauma and Psychological Safety. So that is where I live these days is actually having somebody who used to have their, who used to be branded as their own business and now getting to find, found something like this. It's so cool Mm -hmm. to like be part of something bigger. That's like not about me and is about the thing. So you can find me and us, the team over there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lee. This was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm Shelby Lee. I'm here in Bend, Oregon in the United States. And I am a coach and a trained somatic psychotherapist supporting mostly coaches and therapists these days. However, I am one of those multi-passionate people that has many hats. So Often I'm supporting healthcare practitioners, but mostly my mission is helping people learn how to regulate their nervous systems, whichever capacities they're in, so they can really feel settled and soothed and at ease as they're meeting their work or meeting their relationships, meeting their lives in a way that feels really, really good. So I do that through all sorts of trauma awareness, trauma-informed care and sessions that look like consults or coaching sessions that also kind of look a little like therapy. So hopefully all of that made sense. (laughs) Uh, I think there's so many people that could be listening going like, okay, Shelby, that sounds great in theory, but you have no idea what I've been through 
in terms of my trauma or my background or the achievements I've had to do on my own to get here. So I'm curious how you break this down (laughs) for people. Oh, I hear you. Like that is me to a T. So I won't (laughs) say, I won't say, yeah, I do get you because I think we all have our own unique stories and ways, but self-reliance is my middle name. And the idea of co-regulation makes me want to punch my therapist sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so fun because this is what you love doing because you need it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen the impacts of how powerful it can be. And Mm. I spent 20 plus years trying to learn how to self-regulate by myself because I'm a self-reliant person and I thought I could do it. That's not to say I didn't have a therapist every week of my life. But there is a way to get support where we're like, okay, how do I do this by myself? Or where we can really let ourselves lean in, slow Mm. down enough to really feel each other, to be vulnerable, where we can sit in the feelings together, to actually feel the sensations of our body. And for me, that just, I wanted to vomit thinking about that. It felt so threatening. It felt like letting somebody into that the most intimate depths of my pains, my fears, the things that I felt were imperfect, all of the doubts, all of the insecurities. I would just have so much rather figured out how to do it alone. And I was hell bent on doing it, but I kept feeling worse and worse and worse, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And so I think we just have to find the right people or even start with the right pet, (laughs) you know, to be (laughs) able to go, can I just feel a a little bit safe with this person? How do Mm. I know I'm safe in this moment with this pet? Like, can I just lean on them a little and just feel the comfort of my shoulder next to this person's shoulder or like my dog's head on my leg? You know, can I just take a moment and let connection in a little? And how do I know that I feel safe just for this three breaths? (laughs) And when I don't feel safe, how can I bring a little bit of care to that? For three breaths, can I just notice if there's even a little part of me that feels safe enough to hang out with this? Sure, there's like a thousand parts that are very uncomfortable with it. (laughs) And most of us are used to, especially when we're really good at personal development, dissecting all the things. Why do I feel uncomfortable? Oh, what does that lead to? And we go down this rabbit hole of what feels wrong and uncomfortable and totally miss that there is a part that's actually open to this connection in this moment. It might be 5%. It might be Mm. only two breaths. That is some good medicine. And so I just like to remember, oh, can we actually let that in too? Sure. We can psychoanalyze it till the cows come home and just re-perpetuate that discomfort. Or can we just see what parts of us are open to this or open to the possibility of this, even for a short time? A lot can happen in that short time. I love that. And I, I mean, I personally relate to all of this, you know, as well with self-reliance and how all this shows up. And I think it's that beautiful reminder of, you know, sitting with that 5%, as you said, or whatever percentage that is. And like, that's also how we build, right? It's the same thing of how I think about like, how we build self-trust is can you keep small promises to yourself every day and follow through on them and like those micro things. And we're so used to like 
big grand gestures or feeling like we have to quantum leap or whatever we see online versus like, can you really stay present with yourself in those tiny places versus abandoning yourself in those moments? Because that's what I find adds up the most over time. So much. I actually had this moment, maybe 10 minutes before we got on the call, I was like taking the trash out in the garage or something. And I had see, I saw on my email a minute before that somebody paid me a lot of money and, and I was just like, okay, you know, and a year ago, <laughs> if somebody had paid me that much money, it was like this email with $700, this email with $3,000, this email with multiple thousands. And I, I was like, cool, that's awesome. And the way I was appreciating myself as I was like throwing the garbage, I was like, ah, the only way that I am so comfortable receiving these amounts of money these days was from being willing to go a little bit at a time in the connection of others to be like, I think I can receive this many people or yeah, I am receiving a little bit more than usual. And to go, oh, but there is that part that's feeling stretched or that's mm. not sure that I deserve this or kind of wants to give the money back. Or And to go little by little, can I notice the part of me that can hold this? Mm. Can I notice the part of me that is up for receiving this? And it has taken over 15 years of private mm. practice to be able to now have like some of the biggest months I could have ever imagined. And that was not from getting slammed with a lot at once. <laughs> that was from tiny bits at a time and not pressuring myself to be making more and going, oh, actually, I only want to do a little at a time because I know what happens when I blow out my system with tons of students, tons of money. Like I'll spend it all, I'll get sick. I'll burn out and my system really appreciates a lot of slowness to get to learn to tolerate a little at a time. Yes. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful example. And just really being able to celebrate yourself and lean into that, right? Because that is the work is like celebrating every little step on the journey and being where we are, which comes back to the conversation around being present, right? Of as entrepreneurs, as ambitious people, like we're always going to want more. And it's it's not making that wrong, but it's that balance of leaning into being so okay and that self-acceptance of where you are presently right now, and then still going, okay, I have dreams and desires. How do I listen to those and safely regulate? with maybe those micro movements versus the big, huge leaps. Well, tell everyone where they can find you. Online, my website, oh, which is going to get a revamp very soon. I'm so excited. Um, Shelby-Lee-L-E-I-G-H.com. I'm also on Instagram at fierceheart.shelbylee. I'm on all the, all the platforms. <laughs> you can also listen to my podcast, which is relationship as medicine. And uh, I have all sorts of programs, you know, everything for coaches, meditation teachers, facilitators, learning trauma awareness, to consults for coaches and therapists, to trauma-informed care for doctors, so, or, and business coaching. <laughs> so the multi-passionate stuff lives on. There are so many ways to connect and find me. 
Mm, Well, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Mm, Thank you. So my name is Jen Underwood and I am an emotional mastery coach. Online, I go by the emotional dominatrix. And I like to joke that I make people cry for a living and then teach them how to like it. (laughs) But in like gentle, safe ways. But I work with people often around leadership and their businesses, really helping people to navigate and learn how to find safety in the full range of their emotions and to regulate their nervous systems, to ground into their bodies, to move trauma out of their bodies, and to notice all of the ways in which we are often acting out of strategies and getting in our own way in life and business. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think most of us know whether or not we like believe it or fully bought in, like it's also interconnected. I mean, to me, there's just no way to separate out. I mean, I guess there are a lot of people that like teach mindset maybe without embodiment, but to me, like they just have to go together, right? Like I can't teach someone mindset, even though I like talk about mindset a lot. Like, I can't teach you mindset if I'm not also allowing you to feel safe in your body and get into the feelings of being on the other side of things, because like, otherwise we're, we're just separating you out more and like encouraging more dysregulation. And, you know, I just, I, I think that's what society teaches us, but I, I think that the work is to be more whole, more integrated always, but it's like forever work. It's not just like, okay, let's flip a switch as much as we'd all love that with everything, right? Like, I, I'm sure, you know, that if we had a pill, we still wouldn't take it because, you know, there is this part of us that's like addicted to the drama and to the things that don't serve us. And so I'm curious, like how that shows up in your work, either personally or with clients. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things I tell clients a lot is, you know, we should we should be aware and also have a lot of compassion for the fact that our wounds are very addictive. Those thoughts and stories around like, maybe they come up a lot around belonging and love and connection. They come up in all areas, right? But like, oh, like they don't like me. There's proof, right? And it's like down the rabbit hole of every feeling you've ever had since you were two and you first thought that someone didn't like you. And that's a very addictive cycle. Like our bodies almost kind of crave that in some way. And so one of the ways in which this shows up in my work is is the normalization of like, we're probably going to have to have this conversation a hundred different times and that's okay. Like it's okay. And, you know, this isn't serving you. So can we switch into something else? Can we start to pull back? from the strategy that is that you're running that is meant to protect you from this but really isn't at all protecting you from anything and is often causing the very thing that you're afraid of happening which is usually what most people are doing their entire lives so that could look like when i talk about strategies it's like people, it might look like pulling back and pretending like you're totally fine, right? When you get your feelings hurt, that's a strategy. Mm -hmm. 
It could look like people pleasing. It could look like being really angry and pushing people away or shutting down, or it could look like making a joke, you know, like uh, there's so many different ways in which we run our strategies. But with a lot of my clients who work on like finding the little bits of that and then, and then just starting to be like, what's under there? What's authentic? Who are you when that goes away? And how can you be with the tenderness and the vulnerability of that need, whatever that is, and still feel safe inside of your body with that? Yeah, which is so, so important, you know, because, I mean, I know you know this, but it's like, I tell people all the time, it's always the thing under the thing. And, you know, I was, I was on a podcast recently and she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for what you're doing in the world. And it, it, I mean, you also are trained in a similar style, I believe as I have been. And so I just, I know that the answer is not like, just go tell people what to do or push them like beyond their edges so that they're completely dysregulated and can't show up anymore. Right. Which I think is some of the like bro marketing, but also still a lot of the coaching space. And I, I honestly like don't have negative things really to say about the coaching space. Like I tend to just stay in my own lane, but I'm sure the same is true for you where I will get clients who have come from, you know, an experience where that's what they thought coaching was, but it didn't Mm -hmm. work. And there's like cleanup to be done as a result of that. But to me, it's like, the Derek Sivers quote that I love, which is if information were the problem or like if more information were the problem, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. And I'm like, yep. uh-huh. <laughs> like, right. It's just, it's not more information. It's like learning our own stuff, the thing under the thing. And like, how do we befriend our fears? How do we sit with our discomfort and like not go outside of our bodies? Or if we do, like, come back and just make that okay. Because I think also a lot of this, at least from my perspective, is, like, normalizing so much of this and being like, you're not doing it wrong. Like, you're probably doing it more right than you think. But we just, like, feel like we're the exception, right? Like, we're so often yeah. like, oh, yeah, that that works for someone else. But, like, no, no, no I, not me. Yeah. I mean, those are, like, the two pieces it feels like that are kind of like always the sticky points with every human. It's like, I'm unique and special. Like the things that I am, the things that are like, you don't know, you don't know what's inside of me, the thoughts and the emotions that I'm having that are shameful and wrong and bad. And and no one else ever feels this way or no one would ever think these things or do these things, right? That feeling that we're all alone. And And then this other piece that you touched on, which is, and it's never enough. Like I'm never doing it right. That critical, judgmental inner voice that we have that is just constantly tearing us down and really re-traumatizing us. And so those two pieces, I think that like when you can, when you can start to realize like, oh, I'm not the only one with these thoughts. I'm not the only one with these fears. (laughs) Like there are other Mm -hmm. people out there who feel the same way and normalize it. And then, and then be like, and you know, wherever I'm going, my path, my speed is okay. 
there's a funny thing that happens that as soon as we start being compassionate to ourselves, our growth actually speeds up. It doesn't slow down. And that is a big piece of it. Just being nice to ourselves in the process. It's shocking, right? Like, it's shock. I mean, I didn't want to believe that to be true for the longest time. Like, I certainly didn't, at least in my business, because I was like, no, 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 no. There must be a secret, secret strategy. I'm missing it. Like, tell me, right? And then when I was like, oh, this is the secret. Like, can we just tell all the people this is the secret? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's all okay. It's okay. Wherever you're at is okay. Um, that is, I mean, so many ways like that is the secret and that is the secret to, to growth, to business and to nervous system regulation, because Mm. you are dysregulating yourself every time that you're like, it's not okay. Your system is going into a panic mode over that. And you can't be regulated and be internally critical of yourself. Mm, that's said so well. I love that. And I think it's such a good like sentence that people can hang on to, right? As something that like you can go implement that right now of remembering like, okay, I am being super critical of myself. I'm probably not regulated or what do I need to do or who do I need to be to be regulated in this moment, right? Because so much of this work is about who we're being. Like we have to do that first before the doing. Yeah, definitely. It is, I talk a lot about continuums. Like everything kind of exists in my world on a continuum and that doing and being continuum is certainly one of them, right? So it's like, we have to find the middle ground of the two. We have to learn how to just be and to move from that place. And then the doing becomes the thing that's expressing the being rather than the other way around. So can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. I love being here. Thank you for having me. So you can find me online on Instagram at uh, The Emotional Dominatrix. And I also have a Facebook group that can be accessed through my Instagram account and my website, which is emotionaldominatrix.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Yep. You're so welcome. I know that oftentimes it's easy to look online or outside of ourselves and to question how in the world someone else got to be where they did so fast, right? And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it with each of our guests, because it's so important to look at sustainable growth and how consistent micro habits can be so much more impactful than massive jumps. Now, everyone's going to be different on this spectrum, right? Sometimes we've been living in a place where all of a sudden we get so tired of how we've been living and what we've been putting up with and saying, wait a minute, I know that I'm more worthy than this. I deserve more. Why am I Why am I settling for breadcrumbs when there's a whole buffet down the street, right? And I use that analogy a lot with clients to help them to understand the power that's truly within them. This is something I'm constantly working on, like feeling as if I know that I'm only accessing so little of my power so often, which is why coaches and mentors 
continue to be so important to me in terms of reflecting back to me the places where I am giving away my power, where I am believing the lies, right? And listening to the limiting beliefs over accessing what is possible and opening up to different ways of being. And it all starts with thinking and feeling and safety in our bodies and so much of what we have been having as a conversation on this season. And these experts have been showing you behind the scenes of what it truly takes to create that safety within yourself and how to use these tools to access your own power. So I hope that this gives you permission to go at your own pace, to know that there is no race. I am someone who has to constantly remember this. So much of this has shifted over the last couple of years for me as I've done such internal work within coaching and therapy and really, really looking at the places where my trauma impacted how I achieve and how I view things as a race and competition. And it's just not true. But that's what created safety for me as a kid who lived in a very chaotic environment, right? And so the only way that I really knew was to achieve. And it wasn't always conscious, that's for sure. But I knew that if I got good grades, if I did better than other people, if I outperformed or whatever those things were, that there was potentially less of a chance that I would come home to chaos. And I, I mean, honestly, it was, it was definitely on an unconscious level. And some of it's my personality as well. I just, I love helping people. I love achieving. And those things aren't inherently wrong. And they are wrong when I make them wrong, right? And so like anything, it is breaking down. How do I be my most authentic and true self? And what path am I on? And what are my desires? What lights me up? And how do I tune into my inner guidance versus the way that my neighbor is living or my friends are living? And how do I get inspiration from them and collaborate and use community as an asset because no one does it alone. And that is one of the things that I don't want to be saying. I'm like, do it on your own and figure out your own pace and way of existing in this world. Because otherwise you'll always feel like what you're doing is not enough and you're not good enough and all of that. And I just, I personally know I've rewritten those stories to the fears and the thoughts pop up. Of course. Um, But in general, I've really tuned into my guidance and to trust that I'm on the path that's right for me. And every decision I make is the right decision. And this is a continual conversation I have with clients where they're like, how do you know you're doing it right? And I just don't even have that thought anymore. And I had it for a very, very, very long time. That's for sure. But I've had to really lean into rewriting what is true for me. How do I heal? How do I shift? How do I really show up in my power so I can do the work that I am here to do in this world. So in case you need the permission, permission always to be on your path, I really, really hope these three experts have given you that permission today. And please keep leaning into your path, your truth, figuring out what that is and celebrating where you are in your journey because it's a process. It's it's not a it's not a race. <laughs> and as cliche as it is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So I am rooting for you wherever you are in your journey. 
And I'm just so honored to have you here listening. And of course, if you have not listened to the other episodes on this season or previous seasons, because I have such incredible guests that I have been so honored to interview, please, please go listen and consume and binge these episodes because they are life-changing, truly. And I want you to implement them into your own life and business and have the six and multiple six-figure business that not just brings you money, but brings you joy and that you want to show up for because you have created it and you have decided and redecided as many times as it takes that you get to do this. You are so worthy. And I believe that to my core. So reach out if I can help. I would truly love to help you get out of your head, out of your way, stop the overthinking and feel safe in the process. So reach out to me. Let's book a discovery call and talk about how in the world you can scale your business while working from anywhere. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is truly an honor to be in your ears. Would you do me one quick favor and go leave a rating and review for the show? It allows people to find this free resource and get it into the hands of more people. I would be so grateful if you would take 30 seconds and go do that. I will pick a reviewer every single month to give a free session to. So please head on over, leave a rating and a review and go tell your friends. Thanks so much and see you next week.